there is no perfect start, right? Like when you start is when you start. The speed you go is the speed you go. And it is fine. Like your journey doesn't have to look anything like my journey. But I think there are so many of us who have so much to offer who are just afraid to start. And once you start, the well, that well of energy, that well of excitement is available to you and will keep you going. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Dudes, I'm going to be 80 years old tomorrow. Of course, that's not true. But anyone who's known me for a while has probably heard me say that I feel like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'll be 80 years old because life is going by so quickly. Frankly, it freaks me out. Is anybody else feeling the same way? I'm guessing yes. I think this is a natural phenomena that happens to us as we get older. Our days are filled with so many tasks on our to-do list, it can often feel like we're drowning. You know, the days are long, but the weeks, months, and years are short. If you're like me, you might have things that you want to do with your life that keep getting pushed to the side by all the stuff on your to-do list. And it's easy to think, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and goes. And we've pushed it out yet another day. And before we know it, a year goes by and, ah, that thing we wanted to do is still niggling at us, but we haven't taken action. Or, or maybe, here's another option, you might just feel generally stuck and dissatisfied with your life. And you think that the answer to getting unstuck should be obvious and that it will hit you like a lightning bolt. And it may seem to you that everyone else has it all figured out and you're just not like them. You may be wondering what's wrong with you. Oh my gosh, get out of my head. We are totally on the same page. I fight that feeling every day. (sighs) That feeling, my friend, comes from the comparison game. You know, you know the game. We stroll through our, we stroll, we scroll through our social media feeds and see all the successes of our friends and we judge ourselves. And, you know, you might even listen to some of these podcast episodes and feel inadequate compared to the people I'm talking to. I have heard that from a couple of people and man, that makes me sad. The whole point of this podcast is for you to hear other people talk about the process they went through to get through the very feeling that you might be in the middle of right now. Don't compare yourself to their results. Listen for their journey. See yourself in their struggles and see their success as what's possible for all of us. That's what I'm aiming for. The steps that we take today towards living our lives by design instead of by our unconscious habits will affect the way that we look back on our lives when we actually do turn 80. So let's make every day count. Speak kindly to yourself, get curious, and take action, even if it's little baby steps. That's my commitment to myself. Are you with me? Okay, okay. That being said, I am very excited for you to meet my guest today. She's a person who was feeling stuck and decided to take action. First, she hired a coach. And then, on the advice of her coach, she decided to turn her inquiry into a special project, a personal project, to help her sort through her midlife doldrums. Her name is Camila Reed Burrell, and the title of her personal project is The Women's Work 40 Plus Edition. This is what Camila told me as we were prepping for this interview. She said, I'm a 44-year-old woman working on getting unstuck. I'm interviewing women in their 40s, 50s, and beyond about five key themes, career, parenting, aging elders, relationships, and showing up. Through the project, I'm learning to embrace risk, rediscovering the value I have to offer, and helping other women in their 40s and 50s reconnect with their value. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? I don't know, but it definitely will be super. I love that. 
She's only a couple of months into doing this project, and it has led to some major changes in her life already. And I can't wait for you to hear the details. Um, but hey, before we jump into the conversation with Camila, I have a favor to ask. I would love to extend the reach of this podcast, and I need your help. Can you take a hot minute, quick minute right now before you forget to rate the podcast and please write a review if you're listening in the Apple Podcast app? I don't know exactly how it works, but it does make a difference for getting the podcast in front of new listeners, and I want as many people as possible to hear these stories. Thank you so much. Okie dokie. Without further ado, here's Camila Reed Burrell. Let's go. Good morning, Camila. Thank you for being with me. Good morning, Yvonne. Thank you for having me. I love that your kids are still in bed. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't wake the lions. We just <laughs> let them let them sleep as long as possible. It's don't a halt the lions. Fine, leave them alone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, considering we both have teenagers, um, you know, when my kids were younger, they they definitely would have been up by now. But yeah, oh, certainly. Yeah. Right. Yes. But now it's like let the lions lay. I love yes. it. Um, I'm so happy you're here. I, I, um, I always like to say how I found people and I found you through, um, a little LinkedIn show that my friends, Deborah Schwartzfarb and Kimberly Miner do called get paid on LinkedIn. And I immediately was so excited by your project and what you're doing and how, and how excited I can hear you are about what you're doing. So that instantly tuned me in. And then I went and found your interview with Kimberly on uh, Spiceateria and watched that and just kind of like took it all in. So um, I'm just really excited to have you here talking about your project. Thank you. I am also very excited and, and shocked at uh, the, the, the weights that came out of that little interview. I did not yeah. anticipate people finding me that way. And it's awesome. I love it. Has it, did you get a lot of, a lot of people? I did. Yeah. I did get a lot of traffic, a lot of, uh, you know, interested, uh, people who, who wanted to then be interviewed as a part of my project. So I'm definitely going to hit my goal number of 40 amazing women over 40. Um, and I've decided I'm not stopping there. I'll, I'll keep going until, until I run out of participants who want to talk about their lives. I love it. Well, let's back up a second so that sure. everybody gets a sense of what your project is. Um, so it's the Women's Work 40 Plus Edition is what you're calling it, right? That is right. Yes. So cool. through the Women's Work 40 Plus Edition, um, I am exploring the, the, the inner workings, the inner lives of women um, in five areas, our careers, uh, parenting, our aging elders, relationships and how we show up in the world. Um, and I am doing this largely, it started out as a, as a way to learn about people outside of my own industry. I've been in the same industry for over 20 years. Um, and, and I am interested in finding my way out and seeing what's happening in the rest of the world. Uh, but it's turned into something different. It has turned into this community building kind of exercise. It's turned into what can I do with this to help other women who are perhaps stuck and not sure or women who are feeling a bit alone in what they're experiencing and not aware or don't have access to other women who are going through the same thing. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't have a label for what it will be yet. I'm just sort of beginning to ideate about how to share this more broadly uh, and in ways that are respectful. Some of these stories are deeply intimate and deeply personal. Um, mm -hmm. So of course I've got to be respectful of that, but um, yeah, I see I, I, in my professional life, I, I am often drawn to younger women um, and, and helping them along their journey. And, and one of the key questions I ask uh, in the Women's Work Project is, if you could go back and offer your 19 year old self a warning, advice, some tips, what would you tell her? And that is some meaty stuff. Like I'm getting some really, really great advice, both for younger women and for women in their forties and beyond, uh, who, who, you know, who can learn from this. Like we're all, we've got so much to offer. Uh, I'd love to see us do more of that, do more of that sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I think it's, it's exciting to me 
now that I've started this podcast to, to realize how many other people are looking at this question. Um, I mean, my podcast is not aimed just at women, but um, I'm excited to see what's happening in the world of women lifting other women up. Mm -hmm. It's so, so exciting. And um, the idea of doing it in midlife and, and coming at it from this point of view where we have so much to offer and how, how can we build each other up and lift each other up? You know, that, that exactly that it's, you know, it's, it's really exciting. I think, yeah. you know, many of us didn't plan this stage of our lives, like our, mm-hmm. you know, when we were dreaming of that, that, that home and that life and that career, we didn't beyond getting it. We didn't think, how do you, continue to enjoy it or grow it or whatever in your 40s and 50s. I most certainly never thought, what would my life look like at 45, really, before 40? (laughs) You just don't think about it, right? You're you're a kid and you kind of see, I remember being a kid and thinking, oh, when I'm in my 20s, I could even kind of picture my 30s, right? And I was like, oh, I'll be be doing this. Ah, It's also exciting, you know? And, but then, and then I could think about, oh, if I'm old and maybe I'll have grandkids and, but there's this middle swap of time and we, and we have not visualized it. And so I think that's, we feel this rudderlessness mm-hmm. Absolutely. in the middle yes. of it. Yeah. That word rudderless, that is exactly uh, how I felt. And, and I, uh, I work with a coach and one of the early sort of visualizations she did was, you know, you're on a, you're on a journey. The mode of transportation is totally up to you. And I found myself on a boat, but I was not paddling. I was just kind of drifting along mm. with wherever the current took me. And I now have paddles and I'm like, I'm working hard. <laughs> it, feels good. It. it feels good. Yeah. It does feel good. Doesn't yeah. it? Um, so I want to back up a little bit. So you, you're do, you, you've been in the education business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you can, I'm hearing that you kind of want to pivot that at some point. And that that's what sparked the idea of do, you're doing interviews with women, right? Yes. That's yes. the, that's the project. That is the project. Yes. And were you, was there a sense, I, just because I think I heard you mention something about other women feeling lonely, was there a certain amount of loneliness in where um, you were in your own journey? Not really. I'm an introvert. I am, I'm, de- I, I say deeply introverted. I love people, but one-on-one, right? I do not, I do not really enjoy the group thing. So part of uh, the reason I opted to, to, work on this project was that I needed to network. I needed to meet people outside of the people I already know. Um, But I don't, A, we're in a pandemic. So here where I am, there are no, there are no in-person networking opportunities. And the virtual thing, if you've been in even one meeting with five other people, you know, it's very difficult to make a connection. So um, combining, I love information. I love data. I like I like uh, analyzing it um, and I needed to network. So my coach and I came up with the project as a way of marrying those two things, my oh, love of genius. information and yeah, my, my need to network, but on a one-on-one basis. And honestly, people, I don't think women maybe are asked often enough about themselves outside of very limited sort of spheres right mm-hmm. like I, all of my themes they do sort of turn back to how that has impacted your career right like caring for an aging parent and carrying a full-time job and having kids and you know who have busy lives mm-hmm. is going to have an impact on how you show up at work and this is sort of what we talk about so for me it wasn't really about a loneliness thing but it has turned into um connecting on a deep deep level, right? Like there are, you know, women whose parents are in very much the same stage of life as my own, but who's have, are doing it really differently, right? Like it's just, uh, it's really interesting. So there are bits mm-hmm. of pizzas that I can take from that. I say, oh, that would be a really great way to talk to my mom about, you know, planning for what's happening, even though there's nothing it's wrong a right conversation now, right? It's have. a difficult thing to have, yeah. but, you know, perhaps if they knew that there were other people with kids in our stage of life, 
who are doing it differently and it's not you know, the roof hasn't fallen down on them. Maybe they would be willing to, to talk about it in a little bit more depth. And that's not to say they're not, you know, planning in small ways, but, you know, they're just, it just fascinates me how some have not ever had the conversation at all. And others know exactly what photos will be played during the memorial and where exactly they're going, right? Yeah. And the, 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 all of the steps in between so yeah it, it hasn't been about a loneliness thing it has been more about deeper realer connections connection um, yeah yeah that's amazing it and I have to tell you the the podcast for me has been a very similar experience mm-hmm. because of the one-on-one nature because I'm also an introvert I get my energy back from definitely alone time mm-hmm. lots and lo- I need lots and lots of alone time mm-hmm. And I get energy from like conversations like this, that where you can talk about big ideas mm-hmm. and go deep in, in a regular, and I find that in, in any regular kind of um, interchange over, even over coffee with a one-on-one, mm-hmm. it's hard to go deep with people because it feel, can feel intrusive almost if you go yes. too fast too soon, yes. right? So yeah. um, it's exciting to me to be able to have conversations like this that are with a little more structure you know yeah yeah yeah. and I I think oddly there is an intimacy too about this forum versus the coffee shop where you're sitting surrounded by strangers and there are distractions and you know it is it is a very surface interaction in that way this feels much more like you know an afternoon uh, on our sofas maybe there's a glass of wine maybe not you know but it just feels much more uh personal yeah yeah absolutely so I'm exploring the idea. And what what I love about what you're doing is it, it truly is a, a passion project, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm excited about that idea for people in midlife to have some sort of a project. Um, and I, and I think it can almost be overwhelming for people to think about taking on something and calling it a project, even where but if, if you, if you, if they could, like if they, they could take just any little germ of something that they want to do mm-hmm. um, in their life that they're putting off or, or they've tried something before and failed, if they could turn it into a project and create and, and create kind of like a forward moving plan, yes. which is kind of, which is what you've done. And you've still got like this open-ended sense to your project if you don't really know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I think two things here, having a coach, which, you know, I, you'd swear I was getting a kickback. I am absolutely not, but having somebody um, to whom I am accountable has been a game changer, right? Like my dearest friends have been nudging me in this direction, in any direction, for God's sakes, for years, right? But there is a limit to what they can, how they can push you, right? Without right. without damaging the relationship. So, you know, I had once, you know, like, okay, by, how about by September, you've decided on a course you want to take and another who loves to send me like great job postings and, and all of it is for not if, I'm not, you know, I'm like, I could do this, but I don't really, you know, want to. Um, But having hired a coach, a person who I I pay quite well, Mm -hmm. I want a return on that investment. And she's a professional, right? Like she, the way she asks me questions, the sorts of, you know, things that she throws out there for me to consider um, has been amazing and has sort of, it has resulted in answers I didn't know were within me so I have to say that's one is being accountable to somebody because every two weeks I meet with her and I have to speak to what I have done or what I want to do in the next two weeks and that forces me to think yeah that'll light a fire under you right (laughs) but what I didn't expect was that I have been tired for a long time right like my you know sort of I used to say napping is my hobby right like I was tired all the time oh my god you're like my (laughs) you're like my spirit animal (laughs) I love naps (laughs) I I love naps I love naps but what I learned once like I started the project I 
stopped sleeping, not completely, but I either couldn't fall asleep until 3, 3.30 in the morning or was up at 3, 3.30 in the morning and my brain was going. You're excited, um, and right? I was excited. Yeah. I was excited. Yeah. And I did not know that you can get energy from doing something that's difficult. You know, like I, I just thought, oh God, I don't have the energy for school. I don't have the energy for, but the reality is if you care about the thing, it gives you energy. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to hear you say that. I, I have to say in um, a lot of my past interviews with people, we've talked, people have talked about the benefits of having a coach, having that accountability, but nobody has talked about the energy that they get from doing something that is exciting for them. Mm -hmm. And I was in exactly the same place before like when I was, when I was 48 is about the time that all this started happening for me, mm -hmm. I was low energy, couldn't focus. I was yep. hitting the snooze button in the morning, um, taking naps in the middle of the day when I should have been like, you know, not long yeah. naps, but like, even just like going in and taking a nap because I was just so low energy. Yes. And like you, once I got started on doing this project, um, with the podcast, I think about it all the time. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I don't sleep as much because I can't, because I'll, yes. I'll wake up with my head going, oh, oh, what about, yes. oh, what about, yes. and, but it's, an, it, it comes from a, this place of like energy. Yeah. Yeah. There's undescribable well sitting there inside of you. Untapped. I didn't know I had if it in me. Have, I didn't know either. Right. I didn't know either. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic thing. So it is, it has, you know, sort of for me, I, in the beginning, I've sort of calmed down a little bit, but it, at the <laughs> beginning, when I first tapped into this well, I was like, can I fly? I can write a book. Like when is Oprah's, like, when will she come knocking? Like I was just, there were, there were no limits. And yeah. I still feel that way to an extent. Like I feel like with the project, with anything that now I I, there's no box, right? Like we keep talking about thinking about outside the box and like, what if there is just no box at all? What if there were no limits and you just go until you've exhausted whatever it is you're, you're doing and then you find a different project, you know? So yeah, this, this also circles back to that whole notion that we had this gap of years between 30 and 65 <laughs> where we didn't make plans. And this is something I'd like to see change for, you know, the young people coming up behind us say, okay, yeah, once you hit that career, though, what are you going to do to keep yourself engaged and happy and interested in the world around you? What are you going to experience that's new? I think we should be writing our bucket lists, you know, every three years and, yeah. and sort of revisiting, I shouldn't even say every three years, as needed, as you hit that low energy thing, what your body, I think, is telling you is, I've run out of things to think about. So I'm just going to shut down and, and take a nap. Yeah. I think it's a, a reaction to stress. And the interesting thing is uh, my niece taught me this term. Um, she, you know, she's, she's in her early twenties. Um, and I had never heard the term you stress before. Oh, and so there's, there's stress, right? Which is like, if we're living under stress and, and, and our cortisol levels are going mm -hmm. up and, and it's, and it's creating all the bad things in your body that are going to mm -hmm. react to, to that stress. Right. So that's a type of stress. That's like a negative type of stress where mm -hmm. you're constantly in the fight or flight mode somehow. You okay. stress is um, a positive stress. It comes from challenging yourself. It comes from doing something that's exciting and challenging and beyond your current scope yes. so that you're challenged and you're, there is stress there, but it's a stress of, it's, it's like a choice. It's a positive. Yes. 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 You're yes. stepping into stress yeah. with a purpose that gives, and I think that's where that energy comes from that we're both Absolutely. in the middle yeah. of, you know, yeah. cause yeah, this is, cause it's a lot of work doing what I'm doing, but I'm, so fed by it. Yes, absolutely. You know? And I think I would add to that, that, you know, the flight, fight, or freeze, they now recognize mm -hmm. freeze as one of the responses to terrible stress. And uh, that's, that's being stuck, that's the right? Sleep, being right? Frozen. That's yeah. being asleep. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. One of the women I interviewed, um, she revisits where she, like she, she, she analyzes 
where she is now um, and whether she's happy here, whether she's here by choice, what else she might pursue every three months. She mm-hmm. has, she does this exercise and uh, you know, she's been where she is for a while because the answers she receives are, no, I quite like it here. You know, the risk benefit of doing something else, it works. But the thought I've never considered that, like every three months to take stock of where I am, if I'm here by choice or if it's complacency or whatever, and what I might do differently uh, had never occurred to me. But now that is, you know, something I will be integrating into my life more than once a year, I think, maybe not every quarter, that, that feels like a lot, um, but but definitely more often than I have ever done in my life to date, so. Yeah. Did you, how long, how long ago did you start the project now? How long has it been? Uh, it has only been, I think, eight weeks. It has not been. <gasps> so brand new. It is so brand new. And in that eight week span, I, uh, just on Friday, conducted my 30th interview. So it is going like gangbusters. I actually had to um, limit my calendar a little bit. Like once (laughs) a date is chosen, I don't book any more three other interviews on that same day because being an introvert, it was exhausting. So there were days, you know, I'd, I'd do one at eight a.m. I do one at noon. I do two, you know, in the evening, and then I would eat dinner and crawl straight into bed. Like right. it was just it was a little bit a too lot. much <laughs> in between working full time and you know having to talk to my husband and kids now and again. So now I do try to limit it to no more than two interviews on one day, um, which means overall it, it's it's slowed down, but in a good way because it allows me time to really think about that interview before I move on to my next one and. Um, yeah, do all of the little admin stuff we do in between to, you know, give people information and get them into the app and, and all of that stuff. So. Wow. wow. Yeah, only eight weeks. So yeah, I, I, every time I'm like, my, what is it? I don't know. It's brand new. It's, it's so, it is new. so brand new. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's, that's what, so it's exciting to be at the beginning of something like that. I mean, that is, that is, uh, I can see why you're not sleeping and why you've got yes. that, that yes. buzz of energy. Yes. Cause for me, that has calmed down a little yes. bit. Um, and sometimes I'm like, is this not sleeping thing? Is it menopause or is it? Cause I'm well, little- that too, that too. <laughs> I am definitely sure that in combination with some other signs that some of this is perimenopause, but, <laughs> but not all of it. I swear. <laughs> wow. wow. So did you, as you, so it's only been eight weeks, but did you change your were there habit changes that happened for you to start fitting this into your life? Um, where, wh- like, what's changed in your day to day besides just the scheduling? Um, so I, all of this, I, I, I'll go back to, you know, the, I started this as a result of my coaching, my coaching, I only started in October, November, I think, um, with a goal of, you know, finding a role that spoke to me, right, like that got me excited and out of bed in the morning. And uh, I think um, all of it has rolled together, like doing the interview uh, with, with Kim, Kimberly and, and doing even this, all of the interest, etc., I saw myself in a way that I have never seen myself before. And I, I'm really, I, I, I say that and it sounds, but I have never seen myself in a professional setting. Obviously I am myself, right? Like I've never been recorded before. So when I watched that video, which I did many, many times because I was fascinated by this person on the screen, I had no idea that is how the world sees me. Like that's the version of me that I put out there. I was so impressed with her. <laughs> <It really> <laughs> oh my gosh. I it, love was it. Just, it was, I was floored. I had no idea. Like that moment, I think in one of them where Kimberly drops off and I'm left by myself. I have never done a live before in my life. You I'm handled left- <laughs> that like a champ. I so was like, in- oh my gosh, I don't know what I would have done. My heart was pounding in my chest <laughs> for you watching that. So so folks, yes. um, just so you know, the, so the, the interview that you guys were doing, it was on Zoom or it was on it some was, sort yeah, of- It was, yeah, some sort of platform similar right? to Zoom, right? So I can and see And Kimberly, Kimberly, the host, yes. dropped off. Like she just lost her Gone. connection and you were left yes. kind of holding the bag with- yes other people watching or in the room or whatever it was. And that lasted, it lasted a while. It did. And And you just in my head 
had lost my mind, right? Like I am like having a total panic attack, but watching myself on screen, I was like, holy, like she is so composed. And I, you know, I just kind of was like, oh, I guess I'm doing this alone. And I kept going and I would have never thought that I would have been that person. So that was, I wish, I wish that for everybody that they could see themselves literally as they present to the world, because I think all of those little insecurities, all of those things you think you don't like, I, I feel like I grasp for the right word or, you know, my voice is too squeaky or mm-hmm. whatever it is. If you could just see yourself, you would probably be very impressed with what you see. So part of that, like my poor husband, I was like, I don't know how I fit my head through the door. I was just so enthralled with myself. <laughs> and I'm a person who hates to get her photo taken. Like I, I, I hate all me of that too. stuff. And oh. now I'm like, well, who's going to interview me next? Like I'm just, and that, so that boost of confidence, I think I, as I said, like I have been stuck and in part because I wasn't utilizing the best parts of myself Mm. or they weren't being recognized and valued in any of the companies I've worked for. So I came to sort of internalize that Mm. undervaluing and that, you know, lack of recognition and seeing myself in those situations, boom, it just sort of blew the lid off of that box I had put myself in. um, And, and So I, you know, I had already started the project at that point, but what has changed all of that long, long winded story to say is that I decided that I am going to dedicate myself full time to the discovery of what my true future holds, right? Like that I am no longer going to um, spend time on endeavors that don't feed me, right? That don't tap into all of these amazing things that I have to offer. Um, And so a part of that is uh, that um, I am no longer going to be working for the company that I currently work for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I am perhaps going to start my own. I don't know that, you know, I, I feel very much like the, the square peg looking for just the right fit in the millions of, you know, holes in the world, uh, which is perhaps not the best analogy, but (laughs) it, uh, I totally get you because there, there's a lot, it's a lot out there. It's hard to know where it's hard to know where we fit in. Mm -hmm. Like, there there's so much noise there's so much available like how how do you tune in so when you if you are going forward now going to be purely focusing on on um on where where you're excited to go what's your measurement of of how do you determine yes this is on target uh so far I'm finding it is it is the body speaks, right? Like the body tells you things and and sort of, you know, coming to the end of the journey with my company three months ago, I would have been terrified, right? Like the the body would have been screaming, stop, no fear, danger. And it didn't do any of that. I, you know, it was a, I was elated. I was just like ready, right? And I, I don't finish up quite till the end of this month, but I cannot wait to go forward. So I, I'm kind of getting better at listening to the messages that the body is sending and also mm-hmm. questioning them too, right? Like those moments where it's like, oh, I don't think you should. I'm digging a little deeper into why though, like what is it you're afraid is going to happen mm-hmm. if this scenario plays out or if it doesn't work out the way you think it will. Um, so it's it's a lot of, of that. I just am you know, tapping into that well, I feel like that well is there for a reason. Uh, and I think too, that notion of fit is one that is designed by a system that doesn't necessarily care about the individual. Uh, and so I, I don't, I'm not going to try to fit in, right? Like it would be lovely if somewhere just, you know, is like, that is what we need. Let's do this. But I'm not, you know, I I just, that notion of fit is one that has been used to make, you know, CEO levels always look the same and sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. responses to situations always sound the same and feel safe because we're looking for fit. We're looking for things that are already comfortable and I'm no longer looking for comfort. I am looking to be challenged. I am looking to be 
uh, thrilled. I'm looking to do really difficult things, uh, even though, you know, specifically because they're difficult and because I have the capacity to take on big, big challenges. So that's, that's kind of where I am right now. Awesome. I love it. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that body connection that we all, um, I think we all need to pay more attention to that. But at the same time, I love that you're like, not just taking it at, at, uh, oh, oh, that's a bad feeling, but digging into, okay, what, what is that feeling about? Cause if we can all just get curious mm-hmm. about our reactions, the, the fearful reactions that we have to things. So, okay, I'm fearful of that thing. Why? Exactly. What, what am I afraid of? And if mm-hmm. we could not like, like dive into it and not again, be afraid to even look at it, but mm-hmm. really like, look at like, and start to know your reactions for what they are. Yeah. yeah. Is that, is that valid fear that's keeping you safe? It might be, mm-hmm. that, it might be right. Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it a reaction that to, to somebody or something that is telling you, mm, yeah, that's not the right road for me could be, or it could just mm-hmm. be you not not seeing yourself in a broad way. Like you, you didn't see exactly. yourself as this person exactly. who could do yeah. what you're doing now. Right. Exactly. And we're so many of our buttons are installed without our knowledge, right? Like so <laughs> right. many of those, those, those triggers, we don't know where they come from because we've never examined them. But if we do, I think, you know, more often than not, we will say, you're right. If I travel this path, I am no longer fitting inside of what is considered normal or traditional or but that doesn't mean it won't be rewarding or successful or whatever it is we're we're out for. It's just different. And and our fear of of difference, I think, is something that globally we need to examine. I love that that word curiosity. Like this is it. Just be curious, like about yourself, about others, about you know your institutions. Be curious, and and I'm sure you will discover that a lot of what you think you know, or what what basis you think uh, this information or these feelings uh, are built on, is pretty pretty shaky. They're not necessarily <laughs> designed for your own well being and and success. Right. It's just your brain, your brain's trying to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, those triggers are back there. And if you don't recognize where they came mm-hmm. from, yeah, then you're not, then you're not making a, a clear yeah. choice. And defining um, what safe even is, right? Like yeah. our definition of what safe is, is something we need to examine. What does safe mean? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I'm hearing, uh, and or at least I think I'm hearing is you're also talking about it sounds to me like you're talking about embracing the process of discovery, um, not being, not having it need to fit in, in, so in that there needs to be a particular outcome to be successful, but that the process of finding your way in and of itself Mm -hmm. is the, is the bonus is the thing. I think that that is, yes, I I think our attachment to outcomes is very limiting, right? So that this is what happened to many of us. We achieved whatever relationship status we thought was appropriate for our age and sort of, you know, community expectations, or we achieved a career or, you know, a level of education. And then we stopped there because we were attached to the outcome, we achieved the outcome. And there we were, like we we were not properly or have not valued the process and the continuation of the process enough. So I'm sure there will be, you know, outcomes from all that that I'm doing. And maybe I will end up somewhere. Maybe I start my, well, I am starting my own business, but, you know, we'll see (laughs) all of that happen. But I am hopeful that that is not where it ends, right? And I I think um, in, in doing each of these things, they will lead to different curiosities and different avenues of, of exploration and that, that I'll just keep going. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you with the new business, like, what are you going to do? Oh, okay. So um, I am launching a consultancy group called uh, the Berg Reed Braille group with, with my business partner, Susie. Um, And we uh, are a DEI consultancy for volunteer and professional organizations. So I think curiosity really does 
fit in a lot with what we're doing. We're not interested in the check the box exercises, right? You bring a, a group in, they have a lunch and learn and off you go. That's not how our children learned their alphabet. That was recursive, repetitive. It was tied to everything they did. And I mm -hmm. feel like this DEI work has to be similar. If you really want to see change, you have to be focused on um, uh, behavior change, right? Like just knowing something without tying it to a change in behavior isn't going to move the needle for anybody. We're also really, um, this is serious work. It is difficult work, but it doesn't have to be scary, right? Like we're trying to take the fear out of having these conversations, out of using this language, out of, out of taking these actions uh, for groups that maybe are, are still sitting in that it doesn't fit, it doesn't feel comfortable, I'm not going to try things that don't. But if we can remove some of the fear from that and expose the joy on the other end, the joy of creating something like, um, for example, your inauguration in January, right? Uh, that was a joyous event. And look at how mm -hmm. diverse and inclusive it was, right? Like it yeah. was a beautiful thing to watch. And that is what we're hoping to help organizations move towards. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is a leap. That is, a leap. it is a leap. It is a huge leap, but it incorporates your background in education mm -hmm. and, and your deep knowledge of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, so it takes, it takes something that you've been doing your whole career and refocuses it into a new direction with all that background and all that expertise that you already have. Yes, sounds like yes. To me. that is exactly what it is. And it, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, scary in the sense that I have, you know, not run a consultancy specifically before, but I have been doing work in this area for years, as has Susie. Uh, so we have a lot to, we've been to great training. We've been to horrible training. Like there are so many um, opportunities here, I think, and specifically for Canadian companies, there's not a lot available that is specific to Canada. Uh, Canada kind of, um, sits a little bit in denial about the reality of the experience of the marginalized or the equity seeking here. Um, so being able to bring that very Canadian experience to the table, that Canadian research, that Canadian data, um, and sort of marry it to what we know of best practices is hard work and really exciting too. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm just so excited for you. <laughs> Thank this is you. All, Me too. Like it's big. Wow. Do you feel like your head's just going to pop off your body from all of it? I, 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 I do. And I don't, I just, I, it, part of me would love to fast forward three months and see it already launched, right? Like right, the background right. work is, is quite, and good work. Like it's, it's exciting. You know, Susie and I talk often and we're different people. Susie uh, is white and Jewish. Um, and I am obvious, well, no, obviously your viewers can't see me. I'm a black woman. Uh, <laughs> and so we bring different perspectives and our personalities are very different. Mm -hmm. um, and so together, I think, um, we can offer a pretty well-rounded approach that if if you know some of the some of the training we have received we are we've seen a lack of of voices uh involved in the developing of the training uh mm -hmm. that we think that we can address but yeah i i very much i'm very excited to see us in a year you know and and what we've done with this and and how how far we can take it oh man so i'm wondering what do you, what do you find most exciting about this stage of your life? Oh, um, I would say the most exciting thing about this, which is perhaps not so exciting for those around me, but um, is that I am no longer, as I said, willing to conform or contort for others' comfort. So I have always been a pretty straight shooter or, or pretty direct, but now it is, I, I don't necessarily couch it in humor or, you know, in an effort to soothe. I can just lay it out there and you're welcome to feel however you feel about it. Uh, I still, you know, try to be a thoughtful and, and mindful of people's feelings, but not at the cost of my own, mm. uh, my own ability to be honest or authentic in any situation. 
Oh, man. That's yeah. something that we all need to like, if we could all, if we could all do that. And I think it comes, I think that is something that's a benefit of, mm-hmm. of age mm-hmm. um, is a willingness to, or maybe a courage, the courage it takes to let the chips fall where they will. Cause we don't have any control over how people see us or how they're mm-hmm. going to react to us no mm-hmm. matter what. And if we're so busy, people pleasing, um, then, then there is a real lack of authenticity there. And I, I love, I can't remember who first, um, clued me into this idea that we're really, when we're, when we're so busy trying to modify ourselves to fit what we think other people need from us or expect from us, we're really, um, not serving them anyway, because we're not giving them our full true self. And, 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 and we're not like, giving them the opportunity. You know what they want? Yeah, exactly. But we're also not giving them the opportunity to grow from, from whatever experience we're having, right? Like if I'm molding it for the comfort of others, they, you know, the white folks I work with, mm-hmm. and they are under the assumption that we have this great working relationship because she's never said anything otherwise, or she's, you know, always so happy and so involved in stuff. I have robbed them of the opportunity to learn from how they are actually, you know, impacting me as a black person or as the only black person often uh, in that, in that situation. So I definitely, there is a lot of energy that goes into conforming, right? Like I think um, I did, I did a class recently about emotional tax and I hadn't had the language for it beforehand, but I have been on guard for 20 years. Like I have been prepared for some comment or some, and to contain how I respond to it for 20 years. And now I just don't, right? Like you're going to get the response you get. And I'm not an explosive person. I'm not, but you know, I, I, I used to worry about the angry black woman trope and oh my God, Camila's talking about this again. Yeah. And now I don't care. Right. Like if you, you know, the reality is I'm talking about it again because it's an issue again. I'm happy to stop talking about it as soon as it stops being an issue. So, So I, I, I definitely, I really do enjoy the not carrying that weight, uh, anymore. And being being completely honest, uh, and I also have to say that I my circle my my core is a great source of joy and safety, and it is you know I think I mean I never had a huge set of friends. I, I've always been a small groups kind of person, being an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that we talk about, you know, like they are my sounding board for everything. And they are just so overjoyed that I'm finally awake, as we call it, right? Like Camila's awake. Awesome. Let's talk about how do we, how do we, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, we got to slow down though. I'm awake, but I'm still learning. <laughs> but it is their enthusiasm, their support, their encouragement, you know, they're, they're all very different, very different from me, very different from each other. Um, so the, the breadth of the uh, perspectives, it's, it's wonderful. I'm so grateful to have that network to tap into. Yeah. Have you, have you found, I mean, you're talking about your friendships, right? Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. close knit friendships. Yes. Have you found it to be difficult in midlife to maintain those? Or do you feel like they're getting deeper and richer? Um, I think, yes, they're getting deeper and richer. I think maintenance at this point, I'm, I'm down to the people who can handle the, the level of involvement that I can offer. I've never, ever, ever been the everyday on the, I can't, I don't really like talking on the phone. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. care what's on sale. I don't like, we don't, we don't do, we, I don't, I'm not that kind of friend. So it's possible that there are people who would have liked to be a part of, but can't like felt, you know, um, undervalued or not, you know, like as if I didn't care because I won't call on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, so the ones that, that I have, just get that right like and some of them are those kinds of people but they understand that when they when we talk it is 
completely free of artifice, right? Like we, if we pick up where we left off, whether it was two months ago or two years ago, mm -hmm. we get up, we keep going um, and that I'm there for them when they really need me. It's, it's just sort of the everyday, you know, chit chatty kind of stuff that I don't, I don't engage in. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, gosh, we have a lot in common. So what's, um, is there somebody, some book, some person, movie, anything? Like, what would you say has been something that's impacted you that has been formative? Is there Ooh. anything that you can point to? Um, or I mean, something that's rocked your world recently that has been well, like. Yeah, there have been, there have been, I'm, I'm reading a lot. I, I guess formatively, I'd have to say uh, my parents. Um, my parents are uh, Trinidadian. They they immigrated to Canada in the late 60s. Um, and I think uh, it was an interesting time, right? Like coming from a country where they were the majority, the norm to a place where they really were not mm -hmm. allowed them to sort of educate us in ways that I don't think we would have been if we had stayed in Trinidad. Um, so that really helped me. I've always been like, we've always been conscious of, you know, racism and discrimination. And so it has helped really inform my need for equity, right? Like I just have always had a very, and you know, they would sometimes argue the world is not fair. And I would be like, but why, you know, like, why can't it be? Why do we accept that as a thing? And we would explore all of that together. So they right. definitely influenced that part of my personality. It is definitely, I, I really, really, really do struggle <laughs> with inequity in any form in the side, like I will buy a bag of Skittles, for example, for my kids and I will count them. And if they're splitting it, everybody gets exactly the same number of Skittles. If there is an, Im if there's one extra that goes to me, if they're like, if I could do it by color, I would, right? Like I just, <laughs> it really, really matters to me that things are fair. Uh, so I, I, I blame my parents for that. Um, and most recently, I have a ton of books on my reading list right now, but most recently, uh, I'm reading um, Eloquent Rage by uh, Dr. Brittany Cooper. And it is, uh, she is, uh, I think the subtitle is A Black Feminist Finds Her Superpower. And it is such a good book. Like, there are just so many great, great things about it. But one of the things that she does particularly well is she doesn't brush away the inconsistencies in the way that she thinks right like she's she's single she's a feminist she has been for ages and she doesn't deny that she would love to meet a man who could take care of her you know what I mean and it's just mm -hmm. like we are not we're we're not rigid we're not linear we can want things that we know we shouldn't or that don't make sense and you know it just I think that freedom to say I'm not always going to be the perfect model of x is is liberating and again right? that yeah again that goes into fitting into fitting. a whole exactly or a box, right exactly yeah. yeah all of these positive you know movements we're making feminism is great but you there is this ideal of what a you know a true feminist doesn't wear makeup or shave her legs or whatever um and that is just another way of trying to make people conform to an ideal that doesn't really fit individual tastes and preferences and all of those things so yeah. I I'm really enjoying this book for that I've you know got to I got to the last page and turned back to the first because I thought oh my goodness huh? I was a different reader by the end and I may have missed stuff in the beginning and I've got to oh. go back and see if I can catch wow that. wow that's Very a powerful good. book that mm -hmm. that is amazing Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get a link to that. In the yeah. Show. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, so what, um, what, what's bringing you joy right now? I, I think I know the answer to that. I think it's what you're doing. I think yeah. it's this project. And yeah, it really is. It is this project. It is sort of all of the conversations, even around the project, like with my kids, you know, like I hadn't really, you know, they're 13 and 15. So they're not super interested in me all the time. <laughs> but this is sort of a, a thing that we talk about. And they have helped me clarify because they're 
perspective is completely different from any adult that I'm talking to, right? And why are you doing this? Oh, so what will this, oh, you know, and I, I have to find answers that make sense for them, which helps me invent answers that make sense. <laughs> and helps you get so, clear for yourself probably, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. have you, I am just curious about this. Um, this was like the coolest thing that happened for me when I started my, my morning routine and started really changing things up for myself is about, I would say a month into me having steadily gotten up and early in the morning before everybody else to meditate and exercise and do that. My son randomly one day said to me, you seem happier, mom. And it was for me that I'm going to get all teary right now, but for me, I was like, oh my gosh, that that's everything. Yeah. That, that, that is, is apparent to my kid and, um, not a parent like me as a parent, Mm -hmm, (laughs) clear mm -hmm, to my mm -hmm. kid, um, Mm -hmm. that, that, that then radiates out from me into how I'm dealing with my kids. Yes. Um, do you, have you found any kind of change in the way this is impacting your relationships and your family? I would say, yes, I think I am far more present, right? Like that, that, that fog of exhaustion has lifted and I am just far more like I, I, you know, I'm now my daughter and I watch hours of anime together. This is her thing. And I just kind of curl up with a snack and she does all the explaining and (laughs) And this my is a kids thing, into right? anime too. My are they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And my son is is both of them are artists, but you know it is he's more of the video game thing, which I can't deny. I have a difficult time with, but he's more of the reader. So the right. two of us will get into a book, and you know he will read it first, or I will, and we will talk about it. Um, and I think, um, yeah, this whole curiosity, this questioning of what how I'm reacting to something, why I'm reacting that way, I'm, it extends to them as well. So I do think it has improved my parenting in that I am less reactive and more interested in, okay, so you have not been doing your French assignment. Can we talk about why? Can we talk about where this was going for you? Can we talk about you know, what we might do differently next time? What do you need from me to support? When I do this and I think it's helping, is it actually helping? Like there's a lot, um, mm. a lot there. Actually, another book that I read recently uh, by Kelly Corrigan called Tell Me More, highly recommend okay. because it is very much about that investigating things without necessarily starting out with an outcome or solution. Mm, that is it's a tricky really thing, good. isn't it? it is we so all hard. do really we have that. Do. We've all got yeah. that bias that we're yes, looking for, don't absolutely. we? Absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness. What? So you have, give me the name of the new business again. Um, is there any place people can go yet for that? Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing live yet. I've sort of set up, you know, the Facebook and the Insta, but there's nothing happening there yet. But yep. um, it is called the Berg Reed Burrell Group um, or the BRB Group uh, for short. Um, and it is uh, like we will eventually, when we're, we're really up and running, we'll offer culture audits, strategic planning, active workshops, and, and short, short keynotes. Um, and we are launching this spring, but until then, or in the meantime, we can be reached at info at the brbgroup.ca. Man, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe somewhere down the line, we need to touch base again, come back on that. and yeah. uh, let's revisit where yeah. this goes. Cause it's all so brand new. It's so very new. So yes, I absolutely, like I thought that about Kimberly too, is that I would love to go back in a year and say, this is what happened out of all of that. So yeah, I would, I would definitely love that. Thank you so much for coming on while you're kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, the messy the middle, beginning, right? The very beginning. Yes. Yeah, the beginning, <laughs> maybe more the beginning even because yeah. um, I love to, I like to talk to people, you know, after they've done something, but it's even, I feel like more exciting and useful for people to hear from somebody who's on the beginning of a journey um, because otherwise you're looking at this hindsight thing that's like coming from a point of view of I've accomplished this thing and this is how I did it and it all sounds so easy right um whereas we we all have that that 
murky beginning of like, I don't know where this is heading and I don't know, yes. even know how I'm going to do it. And I think um, that is why I have been willing to talk about it so early is that, you know, we all see these people who get some company up and running and in year two, they're making all this money or, you know, like they just launched this app and, and I there are not enough of the journey, like while it's happening. So I definitely am sharing mine in the hopes that it encourages people who are kind of waiting to see that there is no perfect start, right? Like when you start is when you start, the speed you go is the speed you go and it is fine. Like your journey doesn't have to look anything like my journey, but I think there are so many of us who have so much to offer who are just afraid to start. And once you start, the well, that well of energy, that well of excitement is available to you and will keep you going. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm going to end it right there. Oh, awesome. Well, there you have it. Have you thought about doing a personal project? I think personal projects can be a great way to get ourselves unstuck. And you never know where they'll take you and what other parts of your life it could affect. It doesn't have to be anything as extensive as what Camila is doing. It could be anything. If you want to start writing, write. If you want to learn a new language, start. If you want to get in shape, move your body. Just make sure it's something that's exciting to you or something you're simply curious about. Call it a project and devote time to it. Put it on your calendar and commit. Take those baby steps. Don't worry about the outcome. Just see where it takes you. That's my challenge to you and to myself. Note to self. <laughs> By the way, I decided to take part in Camila's project. So we're flipping the table and she's going to interview me. It's kind of cool, right? Um, if you want to know more about Camila or maybe participate in her project, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 38. And while you're there, you can also find a link to the sign-up sheet for your free guide that I made for you. It's five steps to your midlife reboot. So remember that's there. Go check that out. Just go to the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. And talk soon. <laughs>